0: Well, praise the Lord, yet another uh, Sunday sermon where I'm looking at empty chairs, but you're there in spirit. Uh, Well, our church pastors here are now in a series uh, examining the 10 commandments of Moses of Exodus chapter 20. And we're doing this of course in the light of New Testament truth. Uh, So we're entitling these original commandments for this series as guardians. And of course today, In this, which looks like a pillar, a a memorial marker that you don't move, as scripture tells us. I think Pastor Jim mentioned that. Uh, Here we have number six, uh, respect for life in our uh, milestone markers here. And um, uh, Pastor Jim had called them also guardrails to protect us as we uh, let them be the guardians on our road of life. And uh, so, in this brief review of this series so far, As we look at this in the light of New Testament truth we learn that um, I can't keep the Ten Commandments none of us can that's why we need a Savior only Jesus without sin could keep them for me keep them for you and for me which he did Um, you know it reminds me of a quick story let's say I want to be a home run hitter I might want to hire a professional home run hitter to teach me so I'm older, so I'll go back to the 60s, I'll hire Mickey Mantle. i have Mickey Mantle come and teach me how to hit. But as best as Mickey Mantle could do for me, he still can't really make me into another Mickey Mantle. But if he could come and live inside of me and hit for me, I'd do a lot better. And that's what Jesus has done for us. He doesn't teach us to keep Ten Commandments. He comes and lives it inside of us, for us, and makes us in right standing with the father so he brings us into this right standing with the father if we put our faith in his name in his accomplished works at the cross and the empty grave so he keeps them for me uh if we go into a a system of works they will be dead works because i can't keep them apart from the holy spirit as jesus keeps them in me Uh, that's why there's a rest for the believer the rest is a a spiritual picture of uh, i'm at rest of my works trying to please the father i can't jesus pleases the father for me because i'm covered in his blood and i'm pleasing in the father's sight because of jesus rest of my works which would just be dead works now there's a rest from my works and likewise jesus keeps them for me because i couldn't of myself and um, it's been noted here by some uh, previous pastors who have spoken that the sum of these uh commandments Is love as the New Testament points that out to us one half of the commandments are love towards God and one half of the commandments are love towards our neighbor today by this time we are at the fifth commandment in this category and we're in the category of love towards our neighbor uh, which is part of today's topic and it's Exodus chapter 20 verse 13 it's the fifth commandment thou shalt not kill from the King James From the New American Standard and Revised Version, you shall not commit murder. That's a better view of the intention of what this means. There's a Bible translation called the Basic English Translation from many years back, and that says, do not put anyone to death without cause. So there's a lot that can be doctrinally said here regarding this commandment. What about self-defense? What about war? What about capital punishment? Um, Our legal system makes distinctions between murder and manslaughter. In the 1800s, they didn't have that word manslaughter, so they used to use the word a killing, which referred to a non-intentionally causing the death of someone. So we can't go in great doctrinal depth today on this. We'd be here a very long time, and we can't go into a a deep study on this. Uh, But the essence of this commandment is that killing an innocent person is considered murder especially when this killing satisfies my selfish desires that I would benefit from. Uh, It's a very broad topic. There's a lot that could be said at this, but at core, it talks about a respect for life. And that's our topic today, a respect for life. So I want to briefly examine that today. We need, as believers, to have a respect for life, but to proclaim a respect for life both to have a respect for life and to proclaim it. It's a very serious issue. It's a very sobering issue when you consider all that is entailed. Uh, it's a topic we could spend many hours in detail on, but due to time, I can't. So I hope today you would uh, leave here with the importance of the essence of what I'm trying to share today. Uh, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, New American Standard, it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and breathed it into his nostrils the breath of life, and that man became a living being. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse nine, God is called the Father of spirits. So when you take this into consideration, among other scriptures, since all life comes from God, as the scriptures show us, uh, life is holy, because the Godhead is its author. So we have to get that. Life is holy. This is a very biblically fundamental truth. Life is holy. And so life is to be respected, as we have here. Life is to be respected from conception to deathbed. And if we don't respect it, we're not believers. Do you hear what I just said? If we don't respect it, we're not believers. Only God knows what's in people's hearts, but. The church needs to know who are believers and who are not jesus tells us we'll know them by their fruits we're all fruit inspectors when believers who people who claim to be believers have no respect for life they're not biblically believers only god knows what they are so this respect for life is fundamental to christianity has been for centuries it is something that if we don't take a moral and ethical stance on this issue What do we stand for? As I previously said, it is also something we proclaim. So this is a topic that's very important to the heart of God. Uh, We see what's important to God by what the evil one, Satan, attacks. The evil one would attack people's minds with lies and deception that would turn us against the will of God in our hearts so that we would sin by our actions. The evil one hates innocence because he has none. The evil one desires to degrade humanity made in the image of God. The evil one desires to lower and degrade humanity in order to hurt God. He can't, but you know, if you think about it, what greater hurt could you cause someone than to hurt their children? Jesus tells us in John 10 that the enemy comes to rob kill and destroy thank God thank God Jesus comes to give me life and life more abundantly you know, so the evil one has a desire and a will for Jesus's believers that they would be selfish and have a disrespect for life and that act of disrespectfulness towards life would benefit them personally rather we have a responsibility to protect life And that should precede any personal comfort to ourselves. Unfortunately, it is the unborn, the mentally vulnerable, the very elderly, or targets of the evil one's hatred for life. And he wants us to become his weapons against them. Never agree with the enemy's will for humanity. Human life today is beyond being disrespected. It is under great attack. The unborn are under attack, children are under attack, youth are under attack, families are under attack, especially fatherhood is under attack. The elderly are under attack. We could spend hours perhaps just looking at each of these on how the attack has been conducted. Politicians have been elected that put out unjust laws put out laws in place where human life is uh, in danger. Courts have decreed unjust decrees that have fundamentally violated our American principles. In our own Declaration of Independence, there are a list of three inalienable, absolute fundamental rights, and they're placed in order of priority. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life comes first. Yet, these politicians are really only a reflection of a society that has elected them. There's so much that could be said on this very sad state of our American culture. Time, unfortunately, does not allow us to go much further in detail on that topic. But the most disturbing thought of all, perhaps, is that we are currently living in a a society where people believe that their selfish arguments which amount to a disrespect for human life, that they believe them to be correct. And this is a much deeper issue because it's a nation that has embraced a moral depravity. This is where Jesus' church should really shine very brightly to protect and to proclaim truth. It tells us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, New American Standard, So that you prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. That's amazing. We today appear as lights in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. When you walk into a room, the light has just walked into the room and those that don't want the light run from you those that want the light gravitate towards you because you have light we are the lights of the world preserving this society we're salt for it the lord's church's existence here is a preservative that it could be even even worse without our not being here over the centuries believers have always affected their societies proclaiming godliness, righteousness, improving the human condition. Uh, for example, Christians in the 1800s, the Boots, the foundation, uh, founders of the Salvation Army, um, the abolitionists who led the war against slavery in the 1800s, uh, those in the 20th century who opposed Nazism, communism over the years, those who have advocated for the poor and the, and the forgotten of society. We could talk, talk about many examples of what they did they influence society for life's sake for a respect for life today we need to be constantly uh, reminding our society that the baby in the womb is precious to god in jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 regarding the prophet jeremiah before he was born god said before i formed you in the womb i knew you before you were born i consecrated you wow That baby in the womb is alive to God and has a consciousness and a presence that God recognizes. Amazing. That principle is that that baby in the womb is precious to God. Today, we, the Lord's Church, you and I, are faced with these issues. And like others in days past, historically, this is especially where abortion is at the center of what we speak. The unborn need to have their lives respected. And I'm sure as I speak this today, people are clicking off the video, I don't want to hear this, or this isn't good news, tell me how I can prosper, and they want to click it off. But you can't run from this truth. You can't run from this truth. I would be a failure if I didn't point it out. In the 1800s, much was said that the African was not a human being, so that slavery could be justified. Hitler believed gypsies and Jews were, and other groups were subhuman to justify removing them from the human bloodline, as he said. People today, like former Vice President Al Gore, has publicly said, I heard him say this, that a fetus in the womb is not a human being. Thus, the death of the baby is justified in their eyes. And now in 2020, uh, just check your news lines here. In February of this year, uh, Senate, I wrote it down, Senate Democrats insisted that babies born after failed abortions should be left to die. It gets worse and worse and worse. This disrespect for human life. Did you know on the seal of the state of New Jersey, uh, there, I think it's a horse head wearing a, a, a uh, night's, helmet or something. Anyway, when you read what all these things symbolize, it says the supremacy of the human mind. Thus becoming wise, they become fools. That's all the supremacy of the human mind talking. A disrespect for life. Amazing. There's a question from eternity that's asking us now who will stand up for the unborn. They can't speak, but we can speak for them. Nothing's changed over all these years. We still must be speaking for the unborn. We are the preservative that must pray and act. Act with actions of righteousness. And one act of righteousness that we all can do is that we could vote righteousness. Be registered to vote and vote righteousness. We should only vote for those who stand up for righteousness. And it's seen by how they respect life, especially the unborn. Personally, for me, this is my litmus test in voting. I will not let my vote honor and promote Satan's plan for America. There's a philosopher in the 1600s who once said, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men everywhere to do nothing. And of course, we understand that today as men and women. For good men and women everywhere to do nothing. Our responsibility is to act. We act by how we pray. We make it a priority of our days. We act by how we vote. We act at how we speak up and refuse to remain silent for righteousness' sake. In this generation, we are responsible before God for our generation. I'm not responsible for generations past. I had no influence. I do have an influence in the one I live in. And we will be asked by God one day from this generation why we watched. And did nothing. You know, when the Germans ignored what the Nazis did in the concentration camps, they committed a national sin of omission with tacit complicity. In other words, they were silent partners to this murder. How different is it today for American Christians with abortion? Were not the lives of the people in the German death camps precious and innocent? So are these babies of today that are killed in the womb. Millions, millions have lost their lives because of a Supreme Court justice who took one word out of the Constitution that said liberty and said they have a right to be killed. Like the Germans of the 1930s and 40s, we will be held accountable for what we allowed, for what we chose to ignore. The Germans ignored their holocaust Will America ignore their holocaust of the murder of the unborn. You know, what happens if we don't stand up for and respect life? It just gets darker. More and more lives are lost. And politicians just this year question if a baby survives an abortion they should be left to die. What a depravity of human life. What will you and I do to promote this respect for life? Well, as I said, will we vote in our elections to promote the respect for life? Will I speak out when my voice is not wanted, not tolerated? Will I speak anyway? Will I put it in their faces anyway? Will I pray for my country? Will I return to a respect for life, that it would return, that is, our country, a respect for life. You know, there was a teacher one time, a very one, famous one on prayer, and someone asked him, well, what happens if we don't pray? And he said, the worst thing of all, nothing. As I'm looking at the clock here, as time's going by, how do I end this? So much I'd like to say. Perhaps a, a true short story. In the concentration camps of Nazi Germany, it was often the practice of rabbis who were encamped in those death camps as they were about to be killed or in the, just, in the gas chambers or they would walk up to uh, Nazi guards and they would look them in the face and point to the sky and they would say, God is watching. When it comes to America respecting life, and we as Americans, and all we say and do on this issue of the unborn, I guarantee you, God is watching. God is watching. And I also believe he's watching on how his church will respond to thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit murder, our respect for life let's pray father God as uh, we pray today we pray with the identification of intercession saying that we have sinned even for those that have had no part in abortion we have sinned because I'm an American father we repent for our nation Lord God revive your church as so many churches embrace abortion across America who call themselves churches. So many Christians who call themselves Christians embrace it. Father God, have mercy on us, Lord God. Bring us a great awakening, Father. Bring us, Lord God, an outpouring of your spirit. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. As the word tells us, teach us to respect life in all that we say, in all that we do, in our words and in our actions of voting. In Jesus' name, Father, I ask this on behalf of your church and my country. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. Please don't leave these words here. Live them out. A respectful life.